Ahoy! Welcome to Diffuse Tap with Kenny Estes and Ayla Krem. Today we are joined by Scott Christensen, a faculty member at the University of Missouri. We'll be discussing how the world connects to the internet, who is connected, and more importantly, who is not connected and why. Enjoy! Welcome back, everyone. Hopefully you had some good conversations in the tap rooms, which I'm trying to make a thing. We'll see how long this lasts. Um, if you are confused as to what in the world was going on, we have a little bit of a weird format. So here's what's on tap. A diffuse tap. You're seeing a theme. This is a weekly event. We do it every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for 168 times. Um, we're going to ever so briefly talk about diffuse tap and diffuse uh, why you're here and why we do this. We're going to hear from Mr. Scott Christensen talking all about the internet and more in particularly access to the internet. And then we're going to do two more rounds of breakout rooms, kind of similar to what you just did, uh, because this is mostly networking. 45 minutes of every hour, small groups of alternative investors getting together to have a little bit of a chin wag about what they are up too. But we do want you to learn a little bit as well, So, which is why we have good folks like Mr. Christensen on to tell us a little bit about what they're up to and drop some knowledge on all of you. If you do like the networking portion of this, we do meh, once or twice a month um, in-person meetups in different cities. The next one is August 17th in Chicago, which we are co-hosting with Fintech for Good. So Mr. Culver's the, the point man there, and we'll send out uh, details there. So definitely check it out. Why? Well, Mr. Culver's not, but. No. Uh, is there again an error oh. on the thing? It's uh, it's tech for good. It's a different gentleman. Oh, I apologize. I misspoke. It's a, uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> See, this is why I got to stick to the script. If I go off script, it just, it's just embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny now, Mr. Culver, you're like synonymous to Chicago. So yeah. there you go. Good for you. Good for yeah. you. All right. So anyways, aside from my gaffe, um, well, Diffuse is the company. The reason we do this is we launch funds. So we use this as an opportunity to learn about what is interesting in the alternative investing space. We're primarily focused right now on our Diffuse Digital 30 product, which as of June is publicly listed. So it's a way to get broad-based exposure to cryptocurrencies in an efficient and, in our opinion, much better structured product than any of the incumbents. So if you want to learn more about that, Hit us up. We are happy to talk your ear off. But you're not here to talk about us, Mr. Scott Christensen. Scott, this is your second time on here, so congratulations on repeat customer. <laughs> um, but do you want to give the folks a little bit of a background um, and what you're up to down at Mizzou? Yeah, so uh, my name's Scott, or Prof C, as my students uh, tell me. And in fact, a week from today, I'll be teaching classes. So I'm a little bit, uh, it always sneaks up onto on me for some reason. Um, <laughs> you'd think I would have learned by now. But um, I, uh, I'm a little bit different than my other colleagues. I uh, have a master's degree, but I ran an IT business for many years. And, and I did a lot of uh, work in emerging technologies. And so that's what I teach here. And I uh, am very interested in new technologies to connect people to the internet. That was part of my business, was helping to wire up schools back in the 90s. 
In fact, uh, just to show my uh, street cred on the uh, is issues here um, about the internet, I found my old email address, which uh, was uh, my student number at UMC VMB that didn't even have a .edu after it because uh, the internet was so small, you didn't need to parse it out in top level domains. So I'm very interested in um, censorship on the internet and I've been very interested in crypto assets. And, and uh, I think we all need this layer of uh, you know open and free internet if we're going to have a distributed uh, exchange of assets. So that's probably right. too much, but that's <laughs> <laughs> what you get when you invite a professor on, right? <laughs> no, that was good. It was, it was, it was to the point. Brilliant. Uh, but you dropped a buzzword. So let's jump in. Uh, internet ownership. Apparently you have thoughts on this. Where do things stand or what's your perspective on who yeah. will? So, um, uh, yeah, who owns the internet? We think of it as this network of networks and you go on Wikipedia. That's what uh, it says. It's a network of networks. But in fact, not all networks are the same, right? Because when you uh, land or cross a border, um, it goes into that country. And so that country, if it uh, runs its own internet services as a, a government agency, or if it um, has private ISPs, uh, they may be filtered, censored in different ways. So um, that's one way that the internet is controlled. So we tend to take it for granted here in the US that everybody experiences the internet in the way that we do, but that's not the case. There's different censorship, different uh, levels of filtering that go on. Also, it matters what can you afford, right? So when I was uh, dealing with some colleagues in Africa, I was very confused because they were very insistent that I message them on Facebook Messenger. And I'm like, why the hell does everybody like Facebook so much in, in Africa? Well, I found out later that Facebook had put a fiber optic ring around Africa, around most of Africa, then connects those telecoms up to uh, the internet and in exchange, Facebook basic is free, right? And so for a lot of people, all they know as the internet, this, this network of networks that apparently is just Facebook. Okay, so I don't understand that. So your, your Facebook, you put a ring up there in Africa and how how can you not what how logistically are they unable or they keep you from using whatsapp or other messaging services they're not but what they're doing is they are keeping you if you use these other things like you want to use something outside of the facebook network like telegram or just browse the web you're going to get charged mobile charges because most people there are using a mobile device and they're going through a cellular network and so if i use facebook it's all free it's a it's the free internet both in terms of cost uh, and maybe my perception of what I can access, right? Okay, but, um, and so that's why people will prefer or will stick with just accessing the internet as they know it through Facebook. Interesting, so then that obviously creates a problem around Facebook can just decide what you do and don't see considering that's kind of- Well, the they do, they do, they do do that, right? And so um, that's the, uh, you know, uh, I think that's one of the, the big issues there is Facebook is also needing to capture in order to keep its uh, stock price going up and going up and going up. They need to capture new markets where are those new markets where they're in places that are very poor and don't have the ability. If I'm if my ISP started doing that kind of stuff, I'd say, screw them, I'd go someplace else. But I have the means to do that. Interesting. So you presume this is a bad thing. So do you have a idea on what can be done to address this type of kind of monopolistic control of the internet in entire continents? Well, you know, one of the things that uh, some people are very hopeful about is this system that's being put up by SpaceX called Starlink, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can very um, put up a dish very quickly, 
access the open internet um, and for a community of folks that it would be a relatively cheap way. Um, it offers real competition in these areas where uh, it's just very expensive, you know, to, to plow the fiber. You know, most of the areas of the internet, uh, most of the areas of the world that are easy to connect have already been connected. And so if you look at the, um, uh, hum, the number of people that get connected every year to the internet as a, as a percentage, it's slowing down. So it's less than 2% gain uh, every year. And there's about 3 billion people that are unconnected to the internet or only connect on an occasional basis every week or every month or something like that. Interesting. So is that a situation, is that a case of uh, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, right? We stopped using Facebook and now we're using Starlink and SpaceX is that is that the concern? Well, it, it depends on uh, you know what you think about a private company that being a planetary ISP. Um, some people look at it as a brilliant thing because in Iran they're able to uh, people that can sneak in these terminals can actually access the internet, get information out, and we might as uh, here in the West decide. Well, that's good because we hate that government that's in Iran. But, uh, you know, you may have noticed that Elon Musk uh, bought a social media company a little while back. Um, I think it's called X now. And uh, that company under Musk's ownership actually took down a BBC documentary about Prime Minister Modi in India because, uh, you know, it didn't uh, they complained about it. And. Musk, I think, wants to sell a lot of cars through one of his other enterprises there. So you're exactly right, Kenny. Are we now just going from one uh, situation or walled garden into another situation uh, that would have the same sort of uh, controls put on it? This feels like a tragedy of the commons issue, which theoretically is the entire purpose for government. Is that the end solution? Some form of global whatever bureaucracy that that has an open open internet as as its mandate, or what does that look like long term? Um, I have no idea. I'm just uh, I'm just an observer of these uh, these things that go on. Um, if I if I did, I'd probably be out building a business instead of uh, here at the university uh, around that. But um, I think it's a discussion we need to have. And I think um, it's going to be very difficult because uh, uh, to, to deal with these planetary wide ISPs as other plans. But I think that Starlink is going to be the only planetary ISP for probably a decade or more uh, just because of some of the barriers to entry and some of the other problems. So, um, yeah, how should Starlink, how should a planetary ISP be regulated and do they change their uh, the way they act based on where they're at? Google uh, will censor certain results in certain countries like Germany. So if I want to find Nazi paraphernalia in Germany, um, even if it's pointing me to a different site outside uh, in the U.S., outside of Germany, it's going to be blocked, right? Because that's uh, considered part of holding social cohesion. Mm. Um, you can't search for pornography if you're in um, certain other countries, right? Because it's seen as uh, that's a, a government restriction that is um, uh, seen as a means of social cohesion. Um, so that's, um, you know, things are filtered all the time depending on where people are. Fascinating. Um, and you haven't even touched on China, which I've got to imagine is one of the biggest offenders, just the great firewall of China or whatever we're calling it these days, right? Yes, and you see that through their existing communications, yeah, uh, people thought when this came out that all oh, this great firewall will not hold, but it turns out it's, it's worked very, very well. And so you see um, people, uh, it was last year, I believe, that they were using a, a white paper protest, right, to protest the uh, uh, 
the Chinese government. Uh, if you were on your Zoom call, you might hold up a white piece of paper or something like that that says uh, it doesn't say anything on it. And the algorithm would not flag that because there's no text here saying the Chinese government is bad, but you kind of knew what it meant, right? So there's other ways that uh, people are still able to use these communications channels. But yeah, it's very heavily censored. Um, that's one of the big issues when we get into crypto assets about central bank digital currencies, which is what I was talking about last time that we're on here. Uh, can China use those as a means of control as well? So. Fascinating. Well, you, you started down the digital asset road. So does that help here? Tor browser is kind of remote or very good. Tor network is tied in with the concepts of digital assets, um, you know, Monero, privacy coins, things like that. Is that a, a potential mitigating factor in this, you know, censorship issue? Um, I think it can be, and it was very interesting. I just got back from DEF CON. I was there last uh, week in, in Vegas and got to meet um, some of the people that run the Tor uh, system. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, hadn't occurred to me that they said was that, um, you know, one of the problems with Tor is Tor is the only game in town. How come there's no five different alternatives to Tor? So once again, the kind of centralization. So if there's a vulnerability in Tor, if there's the ability to block, they're doing some very sophisticated, thing, sophisticated things to get around blocking. Uh, but if uh, when governments figure this out or when Google figures it out and blocks on the behalf of a government, then uh, you're going to uh, see this one means that everybody relies on uh, being wiped out. And so we uh, don't have um, the, the internet in many ways is very centralized, right? So uh, it's become very centralized. Cloudflare is a big uh, system that most websites use. If that goes offline, probably 70% of websites are going to go offline. Okay, so uh, I think Tor, um, great product. I, I love it. I, I teach my students about it, but I think that's also another sy system we have to look at. Why isn't there a diversity of anonymous systems for browsing? Interesting. Mm -hmm. So even in this massive decentralized anonymous network, you still have centralization, which is, it makes sense. I hadn't really thought about it before. Digital assets, privacy coins, how does that kind of enter into the conversations, especially when you're talking about CBDCs? Um, I'm, uh, I was telling our small breakout group, I'm against um, central bank digital currencies um, for many, many different reasons. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, you guys are more expert. I try and keep up on this. I can't keep up on everything. So I would be very <laughs> interested in the breakout rooms to hear what uh, the rest of the group has to say. Okay, fair enough. Um, this is great. And so this is an area of active research for you and trying to figure out what the implications are for kind of society or the world overall, right? And kind of what the socioeconomic impacts are. Any kind of early theories other than like, yeah, this is something that we need to be aware of? Well, um, it seems like as we have moved more to these commercial systems, they do bow to the, the wheels, wheels of different uh, governments. And um, Freedom House puts out a um, very good report every year about freedom on the internet. And ever since I had my first email address, it's been going down and down. So um, it's not trending in the right direction. Um, I think uh, there's lots of, uh, lots of potentials for new technologies to be disruptive in this way, but um, the trend lines are not looking good. Fascinating. Okay. 
that I mean that 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 makes sense and something that I hadn't really thought about before. But yeah, there's a, there's a huge centralization problem there. Um, but we never have as much time as we'd like, and this is a networking event, so we're gonna do some breakout room networking next. Uh, Scott, I'm gonna always ask you the same question um, in between breakout rooms, which is tell us the future. What are you excited by? You've already talked about obviously censorship is a concern, but what's uh, what's on your horizon that you think people should really pay attention? You can kind of continue on that trend if you want to. But a couple of housekeeping items for y'all. Um, first off, in the breakout tap rooms, man, it's gonna be a hard habit to break. In the tap rooms, uh, it is networking, not pitching. Please be respectful of that and each other. Uh, we don't do a full participant list, so if you meet somebody, swap your details then and there or join our Telegram group. I can't help but notice, just went into the chat. So click the link and you'll be right there. Uh, tap rooms, uh, here's a rough format for it. Ms. Isla, do you have a topic for people to discuss? Yeah, absolutely. Back on the censorship wagon, when you're thinking about censorship of the internet, I guess there are some benefits to it for some people. Um, can you see a safety? concerned with the internet and therefore censorship would make sense? Or do you think censorship in general uh, for the internet itself is a bad idea? I'll pop you into rooms now and we'll see you back here shortly. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Hopefully you have good conversations. Scott, floor is yours. Tell us the future. What are you excited for? What are you scared of? Whatever you would like to discuss. Well, I am excited um, for everybody on the planet because of the college students I get to teach. Um, even though I'm a little bit nervous about the first week, um, I tell you, it's always, uh, if, you th if you're cynical about the next generation coming up, go work with them. Because I think you'll find that they're creative. If they are put in an environment where they are given challenges, they will rise to those challenges. So I'm very excited about having students back on campus, engaging with them. As I said, I just got back from DEF CON. There were a um, huge number of people in their 20s around these tables hacking for for 40 hours at a time to try and break a Tesla. They had to hack a satellite. They were trying to break into a satellite, all this kind of stuff, doing all this advanced stuff that was just so far beyond my understanding of how you would ever you know, hack something like this. Um, I was just so impressed by these young people. So I'm excited about the future. So I'm, uh, I'm not, um, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, uh, I'm not an optimist. I don't think everything is going to be a utopia, but I think um, it's uh, I'm very hopeful for the future. Okay, fair enough. I like it. Optimism for the future generation. And hopefully, uh, you know, people are a little bit more uh, together and can help so us overcome some of the internet censorship issues we've been talking about as well. Uh, Ms. Isla, do you have another? Oh, that's not what I want to do. Do you have another um, topic for the breakouts? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe we'll piggyback on Kind of the 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 future of uh, technology, and maybe we'll ping a little bit into this hacking culture. And who do you think is going to be the next generation to kind of dominate the internet? Uh, it's not going to be pets.com, and and we tried the crypto thing, and <laughs> let's see if that makes a comeback. But uh, who do you think is going to be dominating the internet for the next ten years? I'll pop you into breakout rooms now, and we'll see you back give us, here. Give us more warning before cutting us off. More warning. Okay, I'll give you more warning. We got no two worries. Seconds, two seconds. Oh, two left. seconds. All right. I'll uh, I'll I'll send a longer warning. Thank you. See you later. Bye. All right. Welcome back, one and all. Hopefully, you had good conversations. Um, we're going to do a couple wrap up items if I can find the right slide. Bam. There we go. Uh, this is like I said at the top of the hour. This is weekly, ten a.m. 
Central. Um, come check it out. Next week, we're going to talking about U.S. and how to become crypto competitive again. Regulation, like we were just talking about in the last breakout room, um, seems to be driving a lot of people away from the U.S. Uh, Diffuse Tap in person, August 17th in Chicago. I'm guessing that's actually 2023. Uh, definitely not David Culver. It's FinTech for Good. Come check it out. September 13th in YC with Mr. Andy Harrison being our good ambassador. Uh, Telegram, thumbs up, I love it. Telegram group, join it, introduce yourself, connections, all that stuff. Mr. Scott Christensen, please plug your Pluggles, what, uh, how can people find you? Where do you want folks to track? The stage is yours. I just, I just put all my uh, stuff in my, in the uh, meeting chat there, all my contact information. I do pro, uh, publish a sub stack where I uh, talk about different technology issues that interest me, uh, often around uh, internet access, AI, um, what's going to be the future of AI, especially in higher education. Um, which is um, still kind of up for grabs. I'm hoping it actually is fairly disruptive because I think a lot of the standard operating procedure here in higher ed has uh, kind of lost the script. But um, uh, yeah, so all my contact information is there. So thank you for awesome. having me. This has been a great discussion. I learned a lot. Um, yeah, well, and you you shared a lot, so that's great. And for anybody who's listening to the podcast, uh, frtech.substack.com would be a good place to go. Ila, any talking points that I have neglected? No, except for we're excited to uh, see you back here next week. Yes, and thank you, everybody, for coming. Scott, thank you very much for sharing some of your wisdom. And uh, until <laughs> next time, have a good six days in a bit. Uh, okay, bye-bye. Cheers, bye. That's all, folks. Hope you learned something new. If you join us on Zoom every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central, you can also network with other fascinating alternative investors from all over the world in small groups of four or five. Learn more on our website at www.diffusefunds.com. Until next time.